1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Welcome to the Real Estate Strategies podcast. Let's get right into this episode.
1: Hello and welcome to the Ken McElroy Show. I'm your host, Daniil, here with Ken.
0: Hey guys, what's happening?
1: Um, we have a good show today. We're going to be talking about why inflation is not what you need to worry about in real estate. But uh, before we get to that, let's hop on to our tweet of the week.
0: Yes, let's do it. You
1: asked, what impact do you think the recent bank failures will have on the real estate market? This is a very good question uh, because everyone's wondering this. So Nate said, I could see a tightening on loans. But on the other hand, if someone has good credit, they might be seen as a good investment for the bank. So... You know, people keep talking about the Fed rate, right? And I, I do agree. Um,
0: to their meeting tomorrow, but Yeah, that's
1: going to be interesting to know, you know, are they going to keep it as is? Are they going to up it 0.25? Are they going to up it 0.5? Um, but what I do think is that the banks are going to get tighter on lending because that's essentially what happened in 08 is the banks got, got very hard to get a loan.
0: So the banks are already tight. So from my perspective, that's already been happening. So- for some of you might not know. Yeah, I literally just cut off an investment committee call, which is why I was a few minutes late. So sorry. Um, we, that started at nine thirty, so it was an hour and a half. And and you know, we're looking at 55 percent loan to value right now. That's it.
1: Well, and explain though what's normal.
0: So you know what what's normal is say seventy five, mm-hmm. and you know it's it's gone down. So basically, what that means is they want you to put more. Equity in, and they're giving you less debt,
1: and they're not taking into account some of your appreciation either.
0: Correct, right? So, you know, so from on the commercial side at least, you know, multifamily is what I the space I'm primarily in, and, um, and construction uh, construction debt is at seven right now, so that's a lot. Mm-hmm. So you know, that slowing deal flow down. I we looked at uh, about a half a dozen land deals today. And we said, we're just going to put them on the shelf for now because prices, I talked to our construction partner today, Jerry Clark, uh, this morning and he said, yeah, you know, we're not really seeing prices go down on late, you know, labor's up and for construction and, and prices are, have not really jumped around, even though everybody says, oh, you know, lumber's down and you know, certain things are down overall, we're not seeing, uh, you know, a big difference. So, so all of that is working its way in the, so that's all been in process and, and real estate values have gone down. So lenders have already made that adjustment. Right. To, and um, I do, it's going to be interesting. My bet that uh, the Fed is going to at least do a quarter point tomorrow or the next day, I guess. Uh, they. Yeah.
1: Tomorrow. So you don't think they're halting?
0: No, no. I think everybody believes that they will. I think they have to do something because inflation is still up it, over six. Yeah. And their target is two, as we all know. So, you know, inflation kills everyone. Let's just put it that way. The bond market is killing the banks. <laughs> the bond market isn't killing the normal person, right? Right, which is you know, I don't know if you guys know the a lot of this money. The what happened with Silver uh, Silicon Valley Bank? I was going to say Silvergate, um, which is also another one, <laughs> um, is that they they had money in the 10 year bond and the 10 year, uh, and and when people wanted their money out, they had to, they had to, um, uh, pay that back to the people. And and so they had to cash out those bonds, which ended up being negative. So that's why they came out with that cash call. So, you know, their banks don't just sit on money either, just like you guys. So, you know, they're, they're investing in this 10 year bond, which is generally normally pretty good little deal. And I think that if they hadn't been called, they probably would have been all right. So it's interesting. I just saw a chart. I should actually put this chart out, Cherry. I I got a chart this morning that showed the, the allocations. I was thinking of this this morning at the gym. Every bank has a different allocation. So think about that. So they have allocations for business loans. They have allocations for single family loans. They have allocation for commercial loans. They have allocations for lines of credit. They have allocations for all those kinds of things. So, each bank is very different on the way that they view each individual sector based on their investment committee. And so so I think that's the exposure you need to take a look at is, you know, is there if like, for example, if there was a bank that was highly exposed to commercial office, I think I would probably be a little concerned because commercial office is a little bit in trouble. So uh, that, that if, if that makes sense.
1: Yeah, so let's go ahead to our second Twitter uh, quote here. CryptoGenius said, Fed lowers interest rates. Ten-year treasury below 2%, 30-year fixed at low 4%. House market heats back up. So CryptoGenius disagrees with you. He thinks the Fed's going to lower interest rates tomorrow. So I guess we'll just see.
0: Yeah, well, I I, I think that's what creates asset bubbles. That's what creates inflation. But um, I could be wrong. You know, I mean, he is a crypto genius. So, you know.
1: <laughs> All right. Let's go to the next one. Uh, Con- Constant says everything will take longer, even for people to get with great track records and in bank relationships. Newer investors will have to jump through many more hoops. Not impossible, but much more time, efforts and steps.
0: Yeah. And that's already started. Yeah. Y- you know, it's already started. I mean, I w- we were looking at houses this Last night, and yeah. I found one that had a million dollar price cut, one million. And now, obviously, they could have priced it a high significantly higher. We didn't go look at it, but that's significant. You know, we're talking about this quite a bit, of, and there's several that are 250000 $500,000. Of course, these are, you know, larger customs, but. Even on the lower market where you were looking, you had we had somebody that you went from seven hundred to six hundred, and then they just took it off the market, right?
1: Yeah, yep, seven hundred grand to six hundred grand, and actually another one popped up today that is at six hundred grand, and uh, I'm keeping my eye on that too because I possibly might be interested if it's under five.
0: So. Yeah, so those are those are just local. That's just us looking. It's so a it's not reflective of the whole country, but the the point is, is if you're a banker. <laughs> and you're doing an appraisal today. What is your biggest concern? How much is that asset going to be worth in a year?
1: Right. You right. don't want it you don't want bad right. loans. So
0: they like so, they what they, so how they do that is they do a lower loan. Low, you know, so so that you have to come up with more equity. That's really what's there. They're hedging the market based on and this has been going on, so it's not new just because of uh Silicon Valley.
1: Well, we talk about this a lot and Franco said, you know, he thinks they're he or she thinks they're going to hike rates one more time and then start cutting. And it's interesting because they said because of the next FOMC meeting, which I'm not sure what that is, you know. But I think, uh, you know, people keep wanting rates to go down so badly, but they don't really have a reason that they, they would. This banking thing could be a reason, but at the same time, they're fighting uh, inflation. What
0: he's talking about is the Fed meeting. That's the Fed over market committee.
1: Yeah. I mean, see. <laughs> I just don't know why, you know, I don't know why they would cut rates. But I mean, you know, I'm
0: going to start maybe talking will... to Neil and acronyms. Yeah, and I know. Right? See you how guys she does. These
1: acronyms. Um, Craig said kind of funny Gretzky here. I can't seem to figure out where the puck is going. To oh, go. yes. So that is fair. Um, yeah. A lot of people have um, have some predictions about when they're going to start cutting rates. But I do think you need to ask yourself. Why, right? They have to get inflation under control. So if inflation's not under control.
0: Well, I don't see see an argument for cutting rates. Right. I mean, I haven't seen one. Maybe if you guys have something, then maybe you can tell me. But what is it? Like, what what would be the argument for the Fed cutting rates uh, other than banks failing? Yeah, which is, you know, being bailed out by the federal government. So who cares? I mean, right, right. Right. So, I mean, they're going to, looks like the depositors are going to be able to get their money, which is good. Those people have payroll. I have friends that had money in there and were concerned about payroll. And, uh, you know, that's all been resolved. But, you know, bank failures happen. Yeah. And, and, uh, so I don't, I don't, I don't see it. I, I think a few banks have gone sideways. Um, I don't see it.
1: Well, you know, um, it's interesting because in in times like these when the interest rates are going up, it doesn't necessarily help the renter either. And I think that that's important to understand because we have a lot of people saying, you know, renters are going to be king and, you know, all of that, right? Renters are going to be king? Renters ki- are going to be king. How? And, well, that's what they think because they think landlords are all going to go under. Oh. But the the problem is is that um, with increased interest rates, becomes harder for new first-time home buyers to buy two because if your interest rate you know if you're buying a house for 300 grand and your interest rate would have been three percent last year and now it's seven percent or whatever it, it pans out to be your monthly payment is much more expensive it's,
0: yeah it's a lot more it, yeah i think last i looked the mortgage payment was up over a thousand dollars more per month because of the rate increases on the average home
1: it's really not good for for anybody um the the rate increases, Um, but it is good for the average person because of inflation.
0: Yeah. I I still, again, don't see the logic behind any of that. I mean, I don't know how a renter is going to be king when um, (laughs) people are being forced into rentals right now. So there's more demand for rentals than there is single family housing. When when single family housing is on fire and rates were cheap and People were buying single-family houses, and that's where they were living. But now that rates are high, uh, it's it's displacing people more into what's called a what I'm calling a renter nation. I think I did a video about this about a year ago, and it's true. It's starting to happen, and and so all that does is puts more demand on the existing rental housing, and it, that makes rents gr- rental, rents grow. That's not that does not make the renter king. It ain't. I- that uh, makes the renter and not only check, but maybe even checkmate.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to make sure, go ahead and hit the like button if you're enjoying this episode. That always helps us out. It helps us get the word out. Um, so let's hop in here today. So we wanted to talk about, you know, we talk a lot about inflation and we were just talking about inflation. And so what I'm seeing a lot of, because I get a lot of our emails, is that people are trying to buy as quick as they can right now, even a mediocre or a bad deal because they don't want their cash sitting in the bank, losing purchasing yeah, power. Fair. And, um. and I, it reminds me of a story um, <coughs> a few years ago that happened. And basically a lady walked up to you. We were at an investing event and she was, Telling you, you know, she was asking you, when are you going to have another deal? Because I really want to invest in one of your deals. She, she had invested in some before. And you said, We just don't have any right now. You know, we're continuing to look. And, and she was saying, Have you looked in Oklahoma? Have you looked in Kansas? Have you looked here? Have you looked there? I've looked there. I think that there might be some good things there. And, you know, she kind of walked away frustrated because you basically said, You know, we're looking, we just haven't found anything at this time. And when you she walked away, you said to me, she wants to give away her money so bad and somebody is going to take it. Yeah. And can you explain that? Because that stuck with me years yeah. later.
0: Well, we're in an interesting time because if you have the ability to take people's money, and by the way, that's, that's a few people, not a lot of people. You, you have the trust and the ability to take people's money. There will be people that do that right so and, and what i was trying to tell her was that you, you know i'm also trying to invest like i'm looking for places to invest i also have cash but we want to buy things at cash flow and that makes sense like today this morning in our investment committee meeting we looked at six deals and we we went through six and we took about 15 minutes each for each one. And the, by the way, the, the, there's been a lot of work, including property visits, people flying to Texas, people flying to Baton Rouge and, and other markets that we're looking at. Debt quotes, insurance quotes, you know, a lot of, lot of underwriting behind all this. And by the time it gets to me, it's pretty vetted. And we walked from um, uh, all but one. We, we're making an offer on one. And, and, you know, so why, why is that? So there's just all kinds of things that, that happen. There's nuances inside of the deals themselves. So it's not that we're not trying, but the expenses are up. Taxes are up. Insurance is up. Utilities are up. Supplies are up. Rents are flat in some markets and population growth is flat in some markets and interest rates are up. Okay, so that's not a good recipe for cash flow, unless there's a great story behind it. He, you know, so we looked at one today where the guy actually has owned it a long time, seller financing, four um, percent. You know, there's all kinds of things that that make that deal potentially good, but then, then you go to the next step and you make an offer, but you still not might might not make a deal. And the the problem is is people that. Um, People forget that there's a whole process around um, investing. And there are lots of people. What I was trying to tell her is there are lots of people that will take your money.
1: Yeah. I mean, just because, you know, if you want to get rid of your money bad enough, somebody's going to take yeah, it and, and they're going to explain point. it's a good deal. You know, they're going to, and if you're not willing to research that and you really want to give your money away or you just really want to buy something, like we have a lot of people on here. You know, I just want to buy a break even deal. It's fine. It's break even, but you know, the value of the property is going to go up, and my, you know, whatever the the money I'm sitting on is getting eaten away by inflation. And the truth is, is right now, you know, we talk a lot about inflation on this channel, and there and there are things that are inflating: groceries inflating, gas is inflating, um, interest rates are are going up. I mean, there's a lot of things that are inflating, but real estate's deflating right now in most markets. <laughs> it's going down in, in value in most markets.
0: Guys, we are seeing the beginnings of uh, even some debt defaults where, you know, we're, we're seeing people that are getting killed. Uh, they're running out of cash on some of their variable uh, interest rates that have gone up a lot. And, you know, their cash flow is being wiped out and they're running out of their reserves. And so I don't think it's a big problem. It is for them if you own one building or two or many uh, but it's not a market big you know it's not something that that um, you know is gonna wipe out the market like 2008 which I, I I was uh uh in the middle of but the point is prices are going down they they have to go down you know and and when when the, we had cheap money all it did was create this asset bubble nobody wants to it's it's almost like they're delusional like they If, if you bought real estate in the last 10 years, all you think is that real estate goes up, but it's not true. This is, this is the time where the professionals are sitting back. I mean, I was with three guys, as you know, this weekend in Tulsa, all real estate guys. And they're like, we cannot wait for, you know, for the, the prices to start coming back down. And, and you what you're supposed to be doing, by the way, this six and seven interest percent interest rates. Historically, are still good. The problem is, is the prices are high. Right. So, you know, as prices come down, these rates will start to make sense. And you can't just pray for lower rates. Like there's not nobody anywhere. There's not the, the the these rate increases by the Fed. They've been unanimous. They're not even contentious. So you know, when you start to see a debate and the and the F. OMC, then, 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 you know, maybe you should start to raise your eyebrow a bit, but you were going to, I think you're going to start to see rates increase tomorrow or the, and the next two days, I guess we'll probably see it more probably Wednesday. Um, and I, I think that they, they're going to have to do something in spite of what, you know, this, this, this banking stuff.
1: And you bring up a good point, you know, just because, you know, right now rates like six and seven percent interest rates are not high. They're They're high over the last 10 years, but they're really not high. My parents were saying, you know, their first house, they had 13 or 14 percent interest rates in 83. So um, but the prices are high. And, you know, I think that people are praying for lower rates, but really it's the lower prices that are, you know, going to probably happen before the lower rates happen. Yeah the
0: the Fed the Fed also has a a a, a wage wage growth problem. You know, well, they had really really big numbers for January and February employment. Employment's at all-time lows, so if you, you that's also a problem for the Fed. It hasn't really shown up too much yet, but it's it will. Again, there's lag. We talk about lag a lot. There's lag. There's lag with interest rate increases. There's lag with low employment, um, or I should say low unemployment. And, you know, there's lag. And so these things are going to start coming out. And I just, I'm telling you guys, this this is the year. There's going to be a lot of disruption this year, and you haven't even seen anything yet.
1: Well, and I think, too, you know, I always think back to 08, right? Because I was kind of too young. I was probably 24, 25 um, to really understand what was happening. But the movie, The Big Short, um, you know how strippers are talking about getting second houses and being able to rent them. Remember in the movie, yeah, you know, so basically yeah. everybody is like talking about real estate. Well, now I'm feeling like that, right? Like your son's friend who we love was over last night and he's talking about buying a house and getting into real estate. And my Uber driver the other day was talking about buying a house and getting into real estate. And this is the type of thing that happens, right? Like it's almost like people that are not educated are kind of missing the the boat and they're not talking about finding a cash flowing deal because we are still looking for cash flowing deals and we're still occasionally finding them but they're very hard but they're just talking about buying something right and a lot of you guys that are listening if you're thinking about buying something are not necessarily looking for a cash flowing deal or you might take a deal that makes 200 bucks a month thinking that that's cash flowing when it's not because things are going to happen and so you know that's a red flag too. That there's so many people now wanting to get into real estate, when the best time to get in is when everything starts to crash and nobody can get in, and you're either buying things from the bank or you're getting them hugely discounted.
0: Right, right, and and that's coming. It is. I, I'm telling you guys, it's 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 imminent. You know, they they say there's this nine to twelve month. It takes nine to twelve months for these interest rates to really, really show up. That's called lag. So just Google that. You'll see how long, just Google, how long does it take a interest rate to show up in the economy? <laughs> and it, it's, it's nine to 12 months. So that's starting to happen. And now people are starting to freak out a little bit. And, you know, it's also bad. I, I read an article this weekend, is the lower income, um, they're the ones that are getting squeezed. Look at your credit card, Balances are going up. Okay, that's a red flag, and credit card rates, interest rates, are going up. That's a problem. So you know things are going the opposite way, for for you know call it the the big part of the renter base. Not all of it, but the big part of the renter base. So you just have to look at those things.
1: Yeah, yeah, it's it's really you know interesting, and I think that. You know, people think, you know, patience is a skill. And you said that the other day, and it really is. Like in times like this, it's hard to be patient because, you know, you find something, you really like it. Maybe it's your dream home, or maybe it's like a rental that you couldn't afford six months ago, but now it's lowered a little bit and it's in your price point. And there's this temptation to just buy it, even though it doesn't cash flow, because it may go back up and be more expensive or somebody else might buy it. And so that patience is really... It's hard. It's even hard for me sometimes still, but you know, this is all about the numbers and it's not about the emotions.
0: Well, this is a time where people are going to burn relationships. 2023.
1: What do you mean by that?
0: If, if, if you have the ability to, to raise a bunch of money and the deal goes sideways, then you're going to burn the relationship. So, Again, if you just go back to the deal, like the deals we looked at today, do they cash flow? You know, is there a plan? What's the story? And you know, the property I was looking at today, you know, the the median house was over uh, three times what the price that we're paying for the for their properties. Okay, that's a good thing. The difference between the mortgage and the rent. You know, it the 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 average household income in that area is, is high lots of employment moving in, population growth, low supply of apartments, you know, all of those things, you know, you want to check all those boxes. And those are the boxes that, that you need to check each and every time. And you got to be disciplined. Raising the money from people, honestly, is, is um, it, it's important, but it's not the most important thing because you can invest. Anybody can invest at any time. And, and, you know, having the ability to invest and not investing, that's discipline.
1: Correct, right. And that's the hard part. So that's why we're okay with our, you know, having a savings account right now. Cash is king. And, you know, you had always said back in March of 2020 when everything happened, you did a video talking about how cash was king. And then there was a lot of criticism around that because what happened was it should have been, but then the government came in oversupplied a bunch of cash, lowered rates, did all these things. And so basically there was this frenzy on real estate. But it's only because of what they did that created that. So now, you know, there is that lag. And the lag was longer because the federal government interfered. But now that that is starting to slow down, cash really is king.
0: Cash is still king to... back then. The only difference is the government gave it to us. Yeah. <laughs> was it was their cash. It was really your cash. But, <laughs> but you know, it's still king.
1: Yeah. And, and so now you're basically, you know, going into this cycle where if you have money in your savings account or you have a credit line that you can use, those are great things heading into what we're about to go into. But it might not even happen for the next 12 to 18, uh, 24 months. Like, I think. Like these things take a lot of time. I'm
0: still trying to buy, guys. Uh, you know, we don't, we don't ever turn off here, it's, but we are seeing it. I asked the question today, you know, why are we seeing more deals come out of Texas than we're seeing come out of Arizona? And, um, you know, it's an interesting question, you know, and where are cap rates in some of these different markets, capitalization rates, and they're very different. And in some areas of Phoenix cap rates are over six. Okay. They were four just two years ago. And for those of you who don't know what that is, that means that there's well over a 20% discount on the value of the property. So from a year ago, So, you know, you start to look at these things and your exit that you have, um, if it's predicated on getting out, if if you're a long-term holder, this is a great, this is a great, um, I want to, I want to say, you know, this conversation I had this weekend with one of my, with a couple of my investor guys, these are guys are doing deals in the Tulsa area. And he said, you know, I'm not really, I don't have any stress around when I'm trying to get out. That's the issue. If you don't have any stress in your cash flowing today, that who cares? Right. I was having a chat with my, my friend and he's like, he's buying some office buildings, you know, and, and they have low occupancy and he's buying them for a good price. And he's like, maybe I convert them to single family. Maybe I do a mixed use thing. Maybe I just scrape it and do, you know, he's like, but the point is, is I don't really have any pressure on me.
1: Um,
0: and that's the key, you know, you know, is your, is your, does your debt and equity put pressure on you? If, if you can truly buy something for a deal, make sure cash flows, um, then, then, you, you, you know, you just wait for the market timing, but otherwise it's just no different than putting your money into a piece of land. Right. It actually could be worse because you might even have higher expenses hit you and then you have to fund it. So what's the difference?
1: So before we get into some of these comments, there's some really good comments. I want to mention that we have uh, March Madness going on, our real estate March Madness. We're going to have you guys help what our next webinar should be. I hate that picture, but that's what they put up. Um, So anyways, go ahead and go to what is the link, uh, Steve, Jerry? So it's at KenMcElroy.com forward slash March Madness to check that out. Um, love when you guys join the rep webinar. So it's awesome for you guys to get help pick that out. Um, so we had a couple interesting comments on here. Uh, one was from Dan and he said, don't forget that student loans are going to be due here. And the next, I think he said the next m- by June. Uh, wow. Yeah, in June. So we're going to have, so he thinks that, and I think it's a good point that that could um, speed up some of this You know, people not having enough money to put back into the economy on goods and services. Yep.
0: Yep. Never thought about that one. But yeah, that's a really good, really good point.
1: Yeah. So that's just another thing that's coming up as as long as and with all this inflation. Um, And uh, we're going to get into our inner circle questions now, but keep asking on YouTube because I always try to get a couple of those as well. Uh, If you go to Ken's inner circle dot com, you can sign up thirty dollars a month. It allows you to ask Ken questions. You get to do a happy hour. We're doing a happy hour next Monday with Joseph Wang. Be super interesting. You want to touch on that at all?
0: Well, first of all, you gotta love this guy. Um, you guys are wondering about the Fed. He used to work there. <laughs> uh, his 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 email is thefedguy.com, I think, or dot org or something. Anyway, um, he wrote a great book on central banks. And uh, I can't wait to chat with him because, uh, you know, he was a market maker, which means that he would um, he was buying and selling for the Fed. And also um, he he was part of whether or not they should increase rates or not. So um, he's super smart. I can't wait to have him on. This is going to be good.
1: Yeah, and you have to be an Inner Circle member. It starts at 5 o'clock next Monday, and you'll be able to ask him questions. It's very interactive.
0: And by the way, he's going to come to Limitless. Yeah? Yeah, So, uh, which I'm excited about. I saw him speak, and um, he has a great presentation. Uh, It's interesting because a lot of people bash on the Fed, and he works at the Fed, or worked, and so he doesn't. He's like, well, let me tell you what the Fed has done. And so it's a it's a it's a great perspective. Absolutely.
1: All right, so let's hop into these questions. So let's start with one from YouTube because I actually really like this question from Chuck Norris. He's asking, not
0: the real Chuck Norris. Hey, it might be.
1: You just never know who's watching. But anyways, he wants to know what's the ideal cash flow on a property because we had somebody come in a little bit ago and. He's only making two hundred a month on, on yeah. the, the property. First
0: of all, if this is the real Chuck Norris, I better answer this correctly. <laughs> um so for you youngsters, just yeah, Google <laughs> who Chuck Norris is. Um, anyway. Uh, so here's the way here's what you gotta look at. So I had this great conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and I said, What are you doing with your money? And um it was a woman and she's like, Well, I'm I'm putting in into T bells, they're paying about four percent. So I'm like, Oh, that's interesting. So, all right. So let's say you have 100 grand, you stick it into these government, uh, you know, bonds, or let's say, and and they're paying out three and a half to 4% let's right now. Okay. So that is what you're competing against. That's important to know. Because whether it's your money or somebody else's money, that's a pretty safe option. Okay. So let's call three and a half to 4% the floor, right? So whatever you're investing, in has to pay a lot more than that. Because now you're getting into risk. You're buying real estate, you're putting some debt on it, perhaps, you're managing the, the tenant, perhaps, or many tenants. Or you're managing all the operating expenses and you're trying to figure out what the net cash flow is. So if it's $200 a month, the, I think, was that the number? Then that, yeah. that's $2,400 uh, two, uh, $2, a year, uh, if that's the number then you have to back into how much is it how much you have to put down to get that so if you had to put down 100,000 dollars that's a 2.4% return so i hope hopefully that makes sense so 2400 to against to 100 grand is 2.4% you're better off putting money into a government Uh, you know, like a treasury bill at three and a half to 4%. That's my point without doing all that work and having all that risk and managing all that stuff. And, 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 you know, having to, you know, manage tenants and all those kinds of things. So, so that's what's happening right now with investors is that they have a lot of choices because they're looking at these alternative products, even, even the bank savings rate, which I know it's kind of a taboo issue right now, but, you 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 know you're seeing savings rates uh, up over 3% right now right. so uh, you know so if you could put your money into a bank well, obviously it has to be the right bank but let's just say a non crypto bank or um you you know and you can make say 3 4% then you're you know why would you uh, you know invest in real estate at 3 or 4% so so you're going to you know that that's 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 kind of the the general rule of thumb and uh, obviously, don't forget, it's still way below inflation. Right. So if inflation's over six and you're still going backwards negatively. So that's what everybody's trying to beat.
1: But you also don't want to pinch it too tight because, like, if you think you're going to make 200 a month, you're not going to make anything because things happen. Like, I just had to replace, I just had a, like, minor flood in my kitchen in one of my units and it's probably going to cost me three grand. So, if I was only making 200 a month, well, there goes that a whole now.
0: year. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. So. And Daniel, Daniel's got an issue with dishwashers right now. Oh my now. God.
1: I have so many dishwashers, like, both uh, dishwashers at our house and. <laughs> Three of my four rentals, I'm replacing dishwashers, <laughs> and the one I just replaced is now broke again. So I am bad luck.
0: Yeah, she is bad luck.
1: I'm gonna start making nope, my tenants replace nope, their Each
0: like one it. is four or five hundred bucks yeah. plus the plus the install, and so yeah. you know, so don't forget that you know there there is another side to this.
1: Yeah, and and depending on how you do your math, you know where you got the two hundred. My guess is maybe you didn't take out all the repair, you know, ten percent a month or whatever. Maybe repair Maybe you did, but either way, you know, it's, it's tight. Yes. So, um, next question is from an inner circle member, Sophia. She is in South Florida and she's looking to buy a single family home in a good neighborhood. Option A is a 4,000 square foot home and new constructions at $400 a square foot. And option B is 200 and 250 a square foot. Where do you think these new and old prices would be in the future? It's a Good question. Uh, we just dealt with this with our house.
0: Yeah, that's a great question. First of all, four hundred dollars a um, square foot is a little pricey for new construction. I think I don't know the the level of finishes in the new construction, so it does depend on that. You, you know, if if you're doing more of a custom home, that that's a bargain. If you're doing more of an entry level home, that's 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 probably a little bit high. Um, but to you know, one of the things we've got to discuss here is, is inflation. So that 400 could be a hedge because it could go to 500 pretty easily. Let's say if, if, if the prices of, of the components and the labor continue to go up, you might find that to be a bargain. Um, I personally, I, it depends on what you're doing with it. Um, obviously if the rents are the same, go with option B obviously. Right. So if they're just a little bit different, uh, still go with option B, yeah. you know, so it just depends. It, like a, um, like that place that you're looking at, uh, Danielle's looking at where it's priced around 600, you know, she's looking at probably $3,500 a month in rent. Right. So, you know, if that was a brand new home, you know, maybe she gets five, but she pays twice, twice the amount. For, for that extra fifteen hundred might not be worth it. So you got it might a, just be
1: worth it to just doll up yeah. some some of the features yeah. in the kitchens and yeah. things that the runners right. really pay attention to.
0: And don't forget, you're also looking at a different renter too uh, mm-hmm. when you when you start pushing the pushing the envelope. You know, at thirty five hundred, you can get a couple roommates. You can get a family. A, you know, um, either one or two working. And you know, once you start getting up a little bit higher, then you know people start looking at affordability. Um, do i really need a brand new place you know i could save fifteen hundred dollars a month so there's all those things to consider um but you know it's impossible for me to know without knowing the neighborhood and all of the kinds of things what i what i think the other the other thing that could throw that off is a lot of new supply which is not happening right now um and or of uh, some big employer or or something you know um relocating in or out
1: so Miner says and SoCal, 400 would be a steal. <laughs> yes. Uh, Dale makes a good point here. Um, they said, I have a single family investment home. And they added, he added an ADU. Yeah, nice. And significantly increased the cash flow. They're in California and ADU permit fees are low. They want to know your take on it. But I wanted to read this question because I think it's an idea that a lot of people yeah. should look at. It's a
0: really good one. It's uh, ADU is an accessible dwelling unit. And it just basically means a guest house, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's nothing wrong with that. Like it happens all over, you know, and, and the, there's a lot to be said for having a secondary guest house, even with a secondary entrance and, uh, that you could buy and it cash flows and you have somebody watch the place when you're gone. And, you know, you can have one as an Airbnb and one just a long-term ADU, let's say, and have somebody like a care t- t- uh, caretaker watching the property Um, but the, you know, the, uh, ADU or uh, yes, basically is adding, um, you know, an extra place to rent, but it's, it's really, really good. Yeah. It's something good to think
1: about. It's really using, you know, the city wants more housing, especially your blue cities. You know, a lot of you always talk about red cities and how they're so much better. And, you know, we're kind of, it, it just depends, you know, we're, we're more focused on the state itself than who's in charge, red or blue. Um, but a lot of these blue cities are trying to make housing more affordable and they're really pushing these ADUs way yep, more than the red.
0: They cities. are. It's surprising. They're like, yeah, think of a tiny
1: house. Yeah, they're just a tiny house in your backyard. You could put it in your own backyard. If you live there, you can move into it and rent your house. Like there's so many things you can have t- two rentals on the same property. But essentially, you know, it's it can be a nice little cash flow.
0: It can be. Yeah, they're pretty. Don't forget about your HOA. Well,
1: yeah, you need to be probably <laughs> in a non HOA. Considering an HOA, you can't even have like a flipping palm tree out of place. I know. They're not going to approve an ADU. But if you're in a non HOA community and, and the city yeah. permits it, it could be good.
0: And there are some HOAs that are a little more um, lenient. You know, in fact, uh, you were just at this big place in, in uh, Orlando where yeah. the entire neighborhood was, uh, was uh, Airbnb's. Right? I'm only
1: used to my HOA.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> There are not a not, <laughs> we should do a whole show on H-O-A. We
1: need to, I know, but 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 it it can be a really good thing, and um you know I think that you should look into it. I was just talking to you about that the other day. Yep. So uh, Andy is calling you out. He good. said you didn't answer the question on cash flow. What's you were, you were very political about it because you kind of started with you know the All return. Right. I
0: want to answer it. Tell me the question again.
1: Like how much cash flow is enough cash flow on a deal? And I would maybe say a single family deal because that's eight what to ten percent. Eight to ten percent of what?
0: Cash on cash.
1: So, like, what you put down?
0: Cash on cash.
1: Well, explain that because not everybody oh, knows. Okay,
0: a hundred grand should produce eight grand annually. Oh yeah, of course. I yeah, just... sorry. Annual cash on cash. So, he likes we go. to
1: dodge questions. He's like, no. Bulleted. How
0: is that dodging? Eight <laughs> percent. It's an actual number.
1: He just so, assumes everyone knows what okay. he's talking
0: about. So sorry, jeez. So,
1: <laughs> so um, anyways, I hope that I love
0: you being called out, anxiety. though. Thank you. If I, uh, it's possible
1: you don't like being called out by me, but you like being called
0: out. That's
1: anyways, a, that's called Archer. <laughs> that's a trap. Archer from <laughs> Archer from our inner circle said, "I have one rental in Cincinnati, and I'm looking for new locations and thinking about Phoenix, Dallas, San Antonio, Jacksonville, or Cape Coral." Jeez. What are your thoughts about these markets and what would you pick?
0: Wow. Well, that is an interesting question. Uh, First of all, um, Phoenix. uh, So Phoenix is trending down. Dallas is still in good shape. San Antonio would stay away from uh, Jacksonville and Cape Coral. I don't have a lot of experience in, but of the, of the, of all of them, uh, personally, we like Dallas. And uh, and why? Because of population growth, employment growth. And um, uh, although Phoenix over the long term is going to be good, but right now prices are coming down in this market.
1: Right. And that was his next question. Is now a good time to buy? And basically, it's always a good time to buy if you can find a cash flowing deal, but they are hard to find right now.
0: Yeah. And by the way, if it's just for you to to move to, um, you know, I'm super partial of Phoenix. I just love it. I I, yeah, I think Florida has too much humidity. I don't particularly want to live in Dallas uh, or Texas. Sorry, sorry, um, but I do. Just I think Arizona is the best.
1: I know. I do too. All right, Steve from the inner circle wants to know. Last year, I recast my mortgage and paid down my personal home to ninety nine thousand. Nice. Yes, I know it's counterintuitive, but it, it gives him comfort. I then took out a HELOC in case I found an opportunity in multifamily. Given you have gone away from hard money due to increased rates is the same with using a HELOT given that it's tied to the Fed rate. And that actually answers a lot. Like there was some conversation going on in our YouTube chat about this as well today.
0: Um, okay. Well, first of all, I love the first part of this. Uh, I love the whole question, but the first part is awesome. Congratulations. That, that means you've got a bunch of equity and you have now what he's done is he's gone and gotten a approved to be able to draw down equity against What he's got on his personal home, so essentially it's a line of credit on his home, right? So that's the first part. Congrats. Um, And um, then the the HELOC is more a little more complicated. That's gonna um, that's just a cost of capital issue. So you you got to take a look at your cost of capital. So uh, the cost of capital cut in the form of a HELOC is going to be whatever. The you know the bank does like you went through this yourself right when you got your HELOC yeah what was the rate at the time
1: I don't remember what uh, the HELOC rate was yeah. it was it was well, low it's
0: it's, lo- it's higher though than t- to the traditional mortgage typically it's a little bit higher
1: yeah it was higher yeah. than the mortgage but it was um but it, it yeah
0: so you know what, what is you know if you go to get hard money at, and you're getting it from somebody. There's typically a pretty hard time frame around it. Uh, that's the big issue. Is it that, that whoever that is, whoever company it is or individual, they want it back, um, probably with a short period of time. If they don't, then uh, that's different. But the HELOC, you kind of have your own uh, choice because it's now against your own, your own place. the 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 one the one issue would be the variable side of that you know where are rates going to go you know are they going to go north are they going to go south
1: yeah it's it's scary to put you know on a HELOC it can be scary to put a lot of debt on a HELOC um, because it can be variable but the, you have to look at the terms of the HELOC so I put on fifty thousand dollars on my HELOC to purchase my last property and I had had it there variable for about a year a year and a half because The rates weren't doing much. This was back a couple years ago. Well, then, as you know, the rate started to climb. So I looked into my options on my HELOC, and I don't know if they're all like this, but for mine, I could, the line itself was 100 grand. I had used 50 of it. I was able to lock it in for a higher rate. So I think my HELOC at the time was at four and a half, and I was able to lock it in at five and a half.
0: Yep, I remember that. Over a
1: 10-year period. So basically, I now have a locked-in, home equity loan, essentially, that's $50,000 over a 10 year period. So I took a higher interest rate, which at the bank, they kept telling me like, are you sure you want to do this, ma'am? I mean, you're going for a higher rate. And I'm like, yeah, like, I think rates are going to keep climbing. And they're like, yeah, but traditionally, they don't with the HELOCs, you know, they not every time that it moves, does the HELOC have to move? Well, now I look like a genius because now my HELOC is, you know, way over 5.5%. And it could have gone the other way, by the way. It could have. no. In that, Well, but here was the thing on on my HE loan. I'm allowed to refinance it in the 10 years right? two times.
0: I remember that. So
1: if the rates go down, I can lower it Correct. two times.
0: That was why so, you did it. You hedged the upside. Yep. And you said, well, I got two opportunities to refinance if it goes down.
1: Right. And so I think it's important if you guys are signing up for a HELOC to know the rules of your bank um, because that way, if you're going to put a big amount on it, like 250 grand or $100,000, you know that you can lock in a rate, you know, and now I don't have access. So I, I lost my ability to have that full HELOC. So now I only have a $50,000 HELOC. So in order to, even if I paid it off tomorrow, I'd have to fully reapply for a new HELOC. So I did take a hit on my credit line, but because I locked in the rate, it was worth it to me.
0: Well, in, in your particular case, I remember the conversation because you and I were chatting about it. I said I would do it. And, and you know, because you had that opportunity to refinance if it went down and you were hedging the, 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 what you wanted was certainty. Yes. That's what you wanted. You wanted to know what your mortgage payment was going to be in five years. Yes. That's what you wanted. And I think that's the important message is it, you, at the, Going into these uncertain times, I think it's important that you understand what your monthly payment is going to be. Yeah. That's really 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 important.
1: Well, it can be really scary, you know, those of you thinking about buying, you know, putting $250,000 down because this was going on in the YouTube chat on a on a HELOC, right? Without knowing your options because to having 250 grand on a variable loan with interest rates doing what they're doing right now, your monthly payment could be wildly different, you know, in a year or two from now than it is right now and than it is currently. So I do think, you know, before getting into anything like that, you really need to know what your options are because we talk a lot on this channel. You really need that fixed rate debt.
0: But on the other side of that, let me give you the contrarian (laughs) side, having the ability to be able to have a $250,000 line of credit uh, against something you owe gives you a lot of power to be able to go out and cut deals. So if you can buy something, you know, that's distressed for somebody else, turn it around, then it becomes a short term vehicle for you while you're doing that. So, you, you know, does that make sense? Yeah. So, you, you know, so it's, you know, if you're buying something locked and loaded with a renter in there, then you're right. It's good. Hedge your mortgage payment, but it's also a tool to go out and, and be nimble. You know, be able to buy something, you know, that maybe is worth, that has a lot of equity in it. And you go in and take, you know, just take them out, uh, you know, with 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 a um, 100% cash out deal of, of some sort.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I just think if it's important, if you're going to use your home equity line in that way, which I have before, um, then you just need to make sure you're able to get a loan on the property. Because as we were yep. saying, loans are getting harder to get yep. and everything else. And you don't want to be stuck in a long-term Non-fixed rate so situation.
0: Dan- Danielle was using hers specifically for down payments.
1: Yeah, that's all I've really that, that's
0: for. why that's what she used hers for. Yeah. Right, and then and then you 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 made it so that you're paying them off within the year.
1: Right. Yeah, paying off within the year or refinancing out. Of yeah.
0: Them. So that was the thing. They weren't long-term HELOC. Right? right. Her exposure was limited. her Her outside period was twelve months.
1: Well, and what I'm afraid some people are doing is, oh, this is so great. I can buy this with my HELOC. Then when it goes up, I can sell it and then pay off my HELOC and then we're all good. And it doesn't matter if, you know, the interest rate goes up. But, you know, that's that's once again betting on the market and hoping that everything keeps going up.
0: Right. It's a great question.
1: So Jim has a very good question. Before we get to his question, I just want to let you guys know about Limitless. Make sure to get your tickets for Limitless. It is coming up in June and prices are going up on the 31st. So it's going to be awesome.
0: Yes, it is. It's, boy, I'll tell you, we put the list of speakers out. Go to LimitlessExpo.com. Go take a look. It's um, We're selling tickets like crazy. It's awesome.
1: Yeah. So And then also make sure you like this video. Really help us out. And all you have to do is hit the like button. All right. So Jim's question is where is a good place to hold cash while waiting to find the next deal? Where's the happy medium between getting a good rate and yet still having to, access to it when needed?
0: That's the that's the million dollar question, you know. Um it's a really good one. I think I think you want to you want to find a a big solid bank, you know, probably a you know, obviously take a look at like a uh, you know, big national bank, even though I love to, I'm usually a small community guy, but uh, what with, with the way bank is, I would go there, get your highest rate, try to hedge inflation the best you can with it. You know, there's lots of little products that, that could help you potentially do that. Um, you know, I, um, uh, you know, I've been buying, as you know, I've been buying gold, silver, guns. I bought two guns yesterday, um, you know, and, uh, you know, there's an art to that. But, uh, you know, there are uh, watches. (laughs) I know those are not liquid, but um, certainly they're worth, you know, a lot more than I paid for them even 10 years ago. So I think, you know, um, but I also have a lot of cash.
1: Well, and, you know, somebody I can't remember who, but, you know, and I know my parents have done this recently as well is, you know, CDs now are around 5%. Yeah. You know, if you know, but I wouldn't do like a long term CD. So, but if you want to do a three or six month CD and you don't really see yourself buying... In three or six months, then you know you could do those kind of things. You could do money markets. You could do any of that that um, will give you a little bit of an interest rate, but you still have access to your money.
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. It depends on when you need it, you know, and 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 how how liquid it gets.
1: And Stephen said a lot of high yield savings accounts are over three and a half.
0: Yeah, they are. It's you know it's, I haven't seen these numbers in a long time. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's a lot better than it's been in a long time because the Fed's increasing the rates. But you know, it's not. Um, You're not going to get a huge percentage back on your money. But if you remember going back to what we're talking about, if real estate's depreciating, your money is going to buy you more. It's not necessarily these inflationary things like gas and groceries that you're going to be looking for. Like if you are the average person with a thousand dollars in the bank, then yes, inflation is going to just eat away at that money because the groceries and the emergency fund and all that is going to cost more. But when you are in your position where you're saving for real estate and real estate's going down, your money is gaining purchasing power, even if you're only getting three and a half percent in a savings account. Yep. Awesome. Well, um, we will see you guys next week. And thanks for tuning in. Make sure you hit the like button and make sure you join the inner circle and join us next week on our happy hour. Thanks,
0: guys. Always good seeing you. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Real Estate Strategies Podcast. If you liked what you heard, please give us a five-star review on iTunes and let us know what you thought of today's episode. Thank you, and we'll see you next week.